Hello, it is Tuesday, July 28th. Time for another edition of the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. I am your host, Trent Reinsmith. So, a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things to discuss. Before we get into that, just a reminder please rate and review the podcast, share it, um, sign up for the newsletter. Contribute to the Patreon, all that good stuff. Um, I explained it yesterday. I, I really want to lose one of the content creation gigs I have. And that is not bloody elbow, so chill on that. Um, but I want to lose one of those gigs so I can concentrate more on doing actual journalism and not creating content just for the sake of creating content. So, yeah. So now on to the meat of the podcast. First thing I want to discuss is how the COVID-19 protocol for the upcoming UFC Apex events compares to what was done for the Abu Dhabi fights on Yaz Island. And a lot of people were praising the UFC for what they did on on the Fight Island fights and my take on that was the protocol was excellent except for the um, nothing happening once once the fighters returned home but other than that the protocol was excellent it was in-depth the only slip-up I saw was when Abu Dhabi allowed Dana White Matt Serra and Michael Bisming out of the safety zone so they could film what amounted to a commercial for uh, Abu Dhabi tourism. But considering that Abu Dhabi more or less footed the bill for the Fight Island events, that's kind of understandable. I just wish that those three would have been quarantined um, after they had left and and returned to the, the safety zone. But if that's the only issue... It's not a good thing, but it's not a, I guess I can be a little forgiving of that because of everything that went down. And I'm, I'm going to hope that they were at least tested a, a few times because of that. Um, but as I said, when the, that announcement was made that the protocol was that in depth and folks were cheering the UFC for that, I said, let's hold off. Let's really hold off with that, um, with the the applause, and see what happens when the UFC gets back to to the apex. And I emailed uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission and also the UFC. Bob Bennett at the Nevada State Athletic Commission got back to me quickly, and he said that the protocol they are going to use for the upcoming events pending anything, any changes that the scientific, I think was what it said, well, more or less the health and safety community, unless they had some changes to adopt, that the Nevada State Athletic Commission was going to use the same protocol it used for the, the previous events, which was far, far better than what went down in Florida, but it's far short of what 
happened in Abu Dhabi. So my take at that time was that the Abu Dhabi, the, the praise that was getting heaped on the UFC for what happened in Abu Dhabi should get heaped on the Abu Dhabi Tourism Commission because they are the ones that, that really stepped up. And they did so for a very specific reason, which was to show the world that they can hold events there safely. And they did that by having a very robust COVID-19 safety protocol. And they built up the infrastructure there for and paid for it for the UFC, more or less to generate future dollars based on what happened and how successful the UFC events were. UFC events were successful, the protocol worked, and had the UFC followed up and adopted this protocol when it returned to Vegas, I would have been very, very happy, but they're not. And so let's hold that applause, because the UFC doesn't deserve the applause for what happened in Abu Dhabi the tourism commission and ha- and what they arranged they deserve the applause and the and the and the kudos had the ufc adopted that that same protocol would have been fantastic but they t- they took steps back here uh, a few steps back as far as i'm concerned and that's never good especially since the ufc has i'm sorry especially since the United States has seen an increase in COVID-19 cases since the UFC was in Fight Island. They should have been more aggressive upon the return and more careful, and they're not, they're not doing so, which, which worries me. Because there were controls in place, but they weren't as, con- as robust as what happened in Abu Dhabi. So this is just really something to keep an eye on to see if there are any changes, to see how it's handled in Vegas. I'm disappointed that that the UFC didn't take the steps to follow what it had in Abu Dhabi. I understand that the expense would be far more than what it is in Vegas, but if you're saying safety comes first, well then have the safest plan don't have the second safest plan or the third safest plan because as far as what went happened between Florida and Abu Dhabi the safest plan was the Abu Dhabi plan the Vegas plan was the second and Florida was a joke so disappointed but not surprised that um, the UFC is taking steps back so the UFC have announced that Habib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje are going to fight. And this just got me thinking that right now it might be the best time to fight Habib or it might be the worst time to fight Habib. I'm leaning towards the worst. Uh, Why do I say this? Well, the death of his father is is the reason behind both of those um, opinions. The best is because Maybe he won't be 100% mentally dialed in. There'll be distractions. He'll be bothered. He he just won't be able to get everything together and 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 put a camp together that's as robust and 
and as good as his past camps. And I don't, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be the worst time to face him because he is going to be so focused on not failing the memory of his father. This fight is obviously going to mean a lot to Habib. He's going to want to honor his father, his coach. He's going to want to perform at his best and and really send a message that that his father meant so much to him and prepared him for all of this for his entire life. So I think we're going to see perhaps the best version of Habib Nurmagomedov that we have ever seen. And that's a scary proposition. I'm glad he's fighting someone like Gaethje so he can focus on just the fight and not deal with any kind of bullshit distractions. I can't imagine what kind of things would be happening if it was a McGregor fight. Uh, I think that, I don't think we'll see a rematch of that ever because I don't think Habib is interested in that. I think that with the death of his father, priorities change, focus changes, and he just I just doubt that he would be interested in dealing with someone like like Conor McGregor again because it's I mean it's not worth it's not worth it to him. He I mean the money might be worth it, but I think money is not as important to Nurmagomedov as it is to a lot of other people. And so, why put yourself through all that bullshit if you don't have to? I mean, he trounced McGregor. There's no way to see it any other way. McGregor doesn't deserve a rematch based on performance. The only reason he's getting a rematch is because of his name and his ability to draw money for the UFC. So, I don't think that's going to happen. And it wouldn't surprise me if this would be uh, Nurmagomedov's last fight. He'll he'll do this, honor his father, and then focus on his his legacy. But he could also, you know, if they dangle that George St. Pierre fight in front of him, that might be one he would take, just for the sake of being able to say that he that he fought the uh, the best welterweight that ever competed and if he beats him well then he can say he fought St. Pierre and that he also beat St. Pierre so yeah but I think Justin Gaethje needs to be ready for a whole different level of Habib Nurmagomedov and that like I said scary proposition scary proposition Okay, um, the Dan Hardy Herb Dean thing is continuing, um, and hopefully something all positive will come out of this. I understand why Hardy was angry. I understand somewhat why 
Herb Dean handled it the way he did. In the cage, that is. In the cage. Um, and out of the cage, but I'm more focused on what happened in the cage and Hardy's comments. Um, so, John McCarthy and Josh Thompson discussed the incident stoppage on the podcast, their podcast uh, called Weighing In, and here's a clip from that, and I want to play the clip and discuss what they had to say about it. Jai gets hit, and the shot that hits him goes off, basically, uh, you know, the top, top of his, his forehead, top of his head, and you see him stumble back and we call fall that the way he stoned. did. It's like he got hit in the head with a hammer, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as the referee, it's, it's one of those, it's an oddity knock, knockdown. It's not your norm. Yeah. But when he falls, how did he fall? He fell going backwards. Yep. And was he still there? No. Doesn't look like it. But when Herb sees him, he comes around, he sees him fall down like this. And he sees him with his hands in a position that Herb is looking and saying he can defend himself. and Trinaldo stopped. Yeah. Now, Trinaldo stopped because he is a competitor, a sportsman, and felt like he's out. Yeah. I shouldn't have to hit him again. But he has to continue on. So the, the fact that Trinaldo didn't immediately go after him makes it now where Herb really can't stop it in a way because he's saying he's in a way to defend himself. Yeah. Now, could, you know, could he have stopped it? He could have. But there would have been people complaining about him stopping it. There would have been people saying, oh, you didn't give him the opportunity to, you know, to try to work his way out of it. So you're in that you can't win. You know, the fact that Dan Hardy is friends with Jai and likes him and watches him fight in England. He got all upset because his guy took extra shots and OK. But if Dan Hardy was the guy that got hit and went down and someone stopped it, he'd be, a, he'd be standing up like. Dominic Cruz, you, you stopped it too soon. You can't win. I don't know. I think in this situation, just from my perspective, what I saw okay. is that when Trinaldo ran up to him, uh -huh. that what's his name, Jai? Yep. He yeah, didn't. Jai. He didn't. His hands were already frozen in a position that made it look like defensive, but there was no movement. He didn't turn to look at Trinaldo to be like, "Oh, let's start moving in defense." There was no movement. His legs were still out. When you're defending yourself, you bring your knees almost up to your chest. You're trying to you're trying to cover things. He didn't do any of that, and he didn't even turn to face. And when someone's running at you, you turn like, "Oh shit, I got to cover myself." Yeah. He didn't move, and I, that's what I was waiting I, for. I would have liked to have seen Herb stop it, but yeah. I understand why he didn't. I, I get He's what you're trying okay. to give him that extra little bit. Okay, it would have been great if. He did stop it. I would, you know, if someone says, oh, you, this is where I said, someone's going to say, oh, you didn't give him the chance. It's like, shut up. Okay, he was hurt. And Herb could have stopped it. He didn't. And the reason he didn't is because he's saying, oh, I'm looking at it like you're in a position to possibly defend yourself and he's not attacking you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wait this out. And you can watch and go back into many fights and you'll see Herb utilize that same mentality of, officiating and technique of saying, I'm going to let this yeah. play out more before I stop it. And that's, you know, that's his style of doing it. And he's done it for a long time. Okay. Let me get my notes out here and 
we can discuss this. Well, not we. I can discuss this with myself. Anyway, so the knockdown, I kind of look at it as, and I, and I said this yesterday, the body language to me said this fight should be over. And and Herbert did not seem interested in continuing between when he went down and when Trinaldo was standing above him ready to deliver the, the finishing blows if they were required. And they were by Dean. And this is something that McCarthy mentioned something here that, that I didn't really think about or realize or it just didn't come into come to mind. But McCarthy said that this is something that Dean does on the regular. That's kind of his style. And we all know referees have different styles and we know they will let uh, fights go on. Some will let fights go on longer. Some will let end things a little sooner. But if Herb's Dean's style is to do what he did in the Herbert fight, well then that's just his style and that's the way he, he does it. And if no one's ever said, hey Herb, we need you to look at this a little differently, then he still thinks he's doing things correctly. And if someone within the commission or the promotion that is paying paying for Dean's services thinks differently, they need to express that to him. And I'm, I don't know Herb Dean. I've never spoken to him. But I know he's a professional. He handles himself well most of the time. Uh, and I can't really recall any any time when he didn't handle himself well. I didn't like the video he he did. And I, I, I think I thought he was kind of moving around the subject a little too much there. But... Other than that, I, I can't really find much fault with Herb Dean. Nothing egregious. But if he thinks he's doing the right thing because no one's ever told him otherwise, well then, that's not on him. That's on the commission and the promotions. And I think that Dean would is professional enough to know that things change over time and if they want to see something different, he can adjust his style if that's what's required by the commission. And that should be required by the commission if they if they don't like what, and not just Dean, what any referee does or judge. And so I think that's that's part of the problem is that there's no one uh, telling these, these folks, these, these officials, this is what we want to see. And this is the changes we might want to see. But, and McCarthy even says that he would have liked to see the fight stopped when Herbert hit the, hit the mat and, and just did not look like he was all there. Um, what I don't agree with here, and what I think this, this changing, this, this thinking has to change, is the thinking that an early stoppage is a bad stoppage. I don't agree with that. If you have a choice between an early stoppage and a late stoppage, an early stoppage is 100% better than a late stoppage. 
because an early stoppage is preventing a fighter from taking unnecessary damage. And a late stoppage is allowing a fighter to take unnecessary damage. So stop it early is, is better than stopping it late. Now a late stoppage isn't going to get a uproar from the fighter probably. And an early stoppage might. But if there's a, a um, if they file something to get the uh, result overturned because of an early stoppage, we know that if a referee, well, I don't even know if a refer if the referee has to defend himself, we know that unless it's very egregious, uh, like a submission that was stopped because you thought uh, someone was unconscious and they weren't, that a fight will not be overturned or ruled a no contest um, in hindsight. So the commission, most of the time, sides with the referee. And I can understand that, especially when it comes to a knockout or a TKO, because that's a, that's a, a judgment call more, over, more so than a a technical submission call that was wrong. But, yeah, so an early stoppage, while there might be some uproar from some section of the MMA community and maybe from the, f the fighter who was, who, got, who was on the wrong side of that, I don't think that's a big issue. I think that is a tough shit kind of thing because we always want to have fighters more safe than less safe. Um, what else do I have written here? And like McCarthy said, this by letting him take those blows, was it the worst stoppage? No. Was it a bad stoppage? Yeah. But we've seen worse. Um, and, and I think we need to take that into account too. Um... So Dean's defense, I think, will be that he saw a fighter that was able to defend himself if required. But is is the question then is that the the way we want fight uh, we, the way we want referees to handle stoppages? That's up to the commission and the promotion. Me, I would say we would I would be more inclined to read body language and judge things with a combination of body language and defensive posture and, and defensive style. I don't think Herbert was in a position to defend himself or willing to defend himself when he, when he hit the mat. Now, when Trinaldo paused, that gave him time to reset and perhaps set himself up to defend himself. Thompson doesn't think that he was in a position to defend himself. McCarthy seemed to understand why Herb Dean saw what he saw. So this is a thing. This is, and this is, I wrote a column about this that'll be on Bloody Elbow. The... The commissions and the promotions 
need to hold these folks accountable, need to tell them what they expect from them. And if they don't do that, well, then these referees always will believe that they're doing the right thing. And why wouldn't they? Because no one's telling them they're not. And, and this is not all about Herb Dean. I mean, this is just Herb Dean started the conversation, but by no means is Herb Dean the only one that we should be thinking about. We should be looking at every fight that has a questionable stoppage. Even a, a very small question. These things should be reviewed. And should, do they need to be reviewed in public? That would be nice, but uh, as long as the review is happening and there's some kind of follow-up that said, here's the review, here were the talking points, I'm, I'd, be, I'd be more than happy with that. And this doesn't just go with referees, this goes for judges as well. We need to, to look at this accountability not as a personal issue with an official, but as a learning opportunity and an opportunity to make the sport better in the judging and safer in the refereeing. And if it takes Dan Hardy freaking out, so be it. If Dan Hardy loses his job over this, I don't like that, but I don't think but if I think uh, if Dan Hardy, I think if he can make an improvement to the sport in some way, and he loses his UFC commentating gig over it, I kind of think that Dan Hardy would be happy with that. Maybe not happy. Maybe happy is the wrong word, but satisfied. Maybe I don't know. I don't think he would be. I think he'd be upset that he lost his gig. But in the end, if we have Dan Hardy to thank for. Um, making changes for the better in the sport, I think that will will sit well with him. Um, and I think this is another thing we need to to put on our, our list of things to always keep in mind when it comes to fighting. This is another one of those things like pay, like fighter safety, um, like COVID-19 testing protocols that we need to always have at the top of our list as um, MMA journalists. Always keep it in mind. Always bring it up when we see something amiss. Always try and make changes for the better. People, people though, I don't think people understand that a lot of what we do as MMA journalists is to try and make things better. That was what we did when we, quote-unquote, tried to shut down the fights in the unregulated um, location for UFC. I forget what it was, but in California. Um, and that's what we tried to do when we stressed a, a stringent UFC protocol for COVID-19. We don't want to see people lose their jobs, but we also don't want to see people lose their lives. So I hope this whole uproar results in changes to the accountability of all, all MMA officials, 
with all promotions. Uh, and with that, I'm going to end it for tonight. And I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe. <laughs>